Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard. Dude, it's crazy. That was my re- that was li- live, you know, reenactment of my reaction whenever I found out. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, I it's just uh, it was wild. No one was expecting this. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, like I, uh, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's of all of the things that could happen. It, like as you, I started like thinking about it, as you like as as taking into the context of like you know things, it's like oh yeah, okay, it makes sense. But at the same time, yeah, it's, if you had asked me like a week ago, like if I thought in a million years that Xbox would buy Activision Blizzard, I would have I would have said no. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, well, we didn't even know they were looking for a buyer at the time. True. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty shocking. We'll break down all those details later, but yeah, it's I mean, kind of the the craziest news we've had in a while on the video game front, and uh, has a lot of ramifications across the uh, industry potentially as we kind of figure out and find out what Microsoft's plans are for for the studio. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Well, I'm excited to dive into it with you, Chris. Very, yeah. very excited. So, uh, before that, we have, well, we have a pick of the week, but also, John, what have you been up to this week? Man, so this week, um, I I feel like I, I, about the same. Like I'm, I'm I haven't watched. Or I've caught up, uh, or I've I'm caught up on Boba Fett, but not like you know that's not done yet. That's not finished yet. Um, and Chris, let me tell you, uh, Boba Fett episode three was not good. Um. The like that I like the series episode one was it was it was good it was like you know I, I enjoyed it episode two I thought it was great episode three I did not like it basically after the halfway point <laughs> interesting uh, I mean I have does it spoil it if you tell me why um okay so it's it's the director I think the director who directed this the third episode directed the first episode as well. Um, and then directed the last episode of Mandalorian, the last episode of uh, season two of Mandalorian, right? So it's like, which I love. So yeah, there's like two, you know, there's that episode, like great, you know, because it's got the, you know, spoilers for that episode, I guess, but it's got the, like the the Luke Skywalker thing, and it's got the it's Return got of Luke Skywalker, some really cool stuff in it. And then episode one of of Boba Fett, I was like, okay, the action wasn't great in this, you know, as far as like, you know, didn't didn't feel as impactful, but it was good. It was a good episode, right? And then you take that and then just exponentially make it worse for episode three, whenever the, that director returned as well. Like the action in episode three was the biggest problem um, for me. Like the story, I love it. I, the story is still great, right? If I was reading this in a book, I would be like, oh man, this is amazing because all the action's taking place in my head and it's all amazing. Um, but the delivery of the, the action, like the direction of, of, you know, the choreography, like whatever the, the way that the, the, they filmed it and the way that they edited it together, it was just not good. Um, and unknowingly, Chris, I thought to myself while I was watching it, I was like, oh man, like it was cheesy. That looked like spy kids. Um, like that was the thought that I had. I was like that that one spot like really looked like Spy Kids, 
um, like the action. And then I looked it up, and the director also directed Spy Kids. So yeah, that's that's what it was. It's, it, like so, you're saying the action is cheesy, or like what's it's it's what's, yes, it's cheesy, and it's like it, it, there was a there's two characters that are are like grappling with each other, right? Like they're like they're hand to hand fighting, right? Um, yeah. And essentially, it just looked like you know if you like hug somebody and then sway back and forth, you know, rapidly huh. for about you know four seconds, five seconds. Interesting. It was very odd, Chris. I was very I was like, man, I, I don't, don't know maybe how they this... were just like locked in the. In a battle, you know, like, uh, yeah, uh, you know how like, uh, like WWE wrestlers they'll like run at each other and lock in a like they both got each other like in a head headlock kind of thing at the beginning of a match. Right, 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 right. Was it like that or uh, worse than that? It, it was. It was supposed to be similar to like, okay, well, like I'm gonna like grab you from behind, right? Like I'm gonna like you're like facing the other direction, like going to like grab you know a weapon off the wall or whatever and then you just grab them from like and lock their arms to their sides or whatever right but yeah. but it just it just didn't the delivery was not was not good so mm. anyway and then then there was a chase sequence that was just also not good that was the spy kids moment where like it something uh there was a, a vehicle that had like the clearly sped up some frames and then stopped it like real quick and i was like that looked sped up and then stopped which is like okay George Lucas would do that too sometimes, but it was on film and it, and it would work, you know, um, whereas this did not, did not seem like it worked. So, and it was very strange. Mm. That is, uh, interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so there's that, but again, like episode two of the series, like different director and like, man, that was some fantastic stuff and some amazing storytelling. So I'm still on board. Um, and you know, but I am, I'm hoping that the, uh, the action, um, is is better in the future. <laughs> it was the story okay, or is it just the action that was bad? Yeah, story was good. Story was good. I really liked the story. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, I liked the setup. I liked the reason why the action was happening. I liked the setup of the characters involved in the action. That was real cool. But then once the action actually started, I was like, ooh, ooh this doesn't feel this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like Star Wars. <laughs> so wild. Anyway, weird. Very strange. All right, all right. So just get ready for for the back half of episode three. <laughs> I'll prepare myself. <laughs> um, but uh, in addition to that, I've been playing, you know, playing the the the, the games that I've been playing for a while. Just uh, you know, playing the PS Five a lot. Playing some. Uh, oh, played uh, started uh, Chicory, uh, which is a game that came out last year, um, and that's it's it's fantastic. It is a uh, indie game. And uh, it's about painting. And so as I continue through, I'm, I'm only through like the first like intro bit. So as I continue through, maybe I'll make it a pick of the week and we'll talk about it like in depth at some point. But uh, but so far, love that game. It's so good so far. So that's what awesome. I've been up to. What have you been up to, awesome. Chris? Yeah, I mean, uh, not a ton. Uh, still playing a lot of Warzone, which is uh, my jam. And um, that's about it, honestly. Like it's uh, it's been pretty pretty quiet over here on the. Uh, the old Chris Wright front. I mean, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hate to be a party pooper, <laughs> but that's literally all I've been all I've done. That's totally um, fine. I mean, it, and it's somewhat relevant to the main topic. But first, <laughs> the pick of the week. Pick of the week. All right. 
So, John, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week this week is a, another Star Wars-related thing. Um, it is this. I, I have a... I'm going to pick it up here. And so, so you, you know, the listeners can, can get the experience of me holding it while I'm talking about it. It's the Star Wars Rebels, the art of the animated series by Daniel Wallace oh, with a foreword cool. by Dave Filoni. Um, and dude, like between, between this book and the Sonic, uh, it, the Hedgehog Encyclopedia, I feel like I'm getting into like behind the scenes, like really nice, hard, hard bound, like behind the scenes books a lot. Like, cause they, they give you insight into the creation of, of some of your favorite things. Um, I mean, obviously like you have to care about the topic matter, but like, it's, it's just really cool to look at the early designs of, uh, of some of the characters in, in rebels. They take it season by season as well. So like they have a section for season one, which is really big. It's a lot of the book there because obviously a lot of the designs and locations and things like that are, are, you know, revisited later. Um, but then season two comes in and they have like a whole section of the environments in season two and it goes through the whole series um, season by season, giving you know info about the different like designs for a character. Like, oh, we thought about approaching it this way, but we decided not to. Originally, we may- maybe did this, and it gives you like an insight into the creation process and and how they maybe landed on uh, the different design aspects and uh, and locations of of Star Wars Rebels, which is really cool. That's awesome. That's cool. How big is the book? I mean, it's so. So it's big. Uh, it's it's like let me see how many pages it is exactly. Um, but it's hardbound. It's two hundred and six pages, seven pages, nice. um, and it's like a, it's it's like if you. It's bigger than my graphic novels. Like if if you think about like a like the a comic book, it's bigger than that. Like as far as the 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 profile goes. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, dude, it's it's a it's a fun book to to look through and, and gorgeous art and everything. So that's kind of like why I wanted to get it in the first place. And somebody bought it for me and gave it to me, and I was like, I was like, oh man, this is something I've been wanting to and looking at for a long time, but uh, I just had never pulled the trigger on it. And I feel like I'm just gonna have to pull the trigger on more art books and like behind the scenes things. Um, yeah, because I very much enjoy looking at them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Chris, what is your pick of the week? Yeah, my pick of the week is something you actually sent me earlier today, but I uh, I, I immediately bought it. It's the uh, Katana Zero s- soundtrack on vinyl. Yes. We talked about, and I think reviewed Katana Zero earlier, late last year. Uh, and uh, Late last we? year? I think it was early last year. No. No? No. Oh, man. I, time. It's just strange. Early last year, I wasn't even in, the, in this house, John. Oh. Okay, so you were in that was, house at that like point. Last, it was like this past fall, dude. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I guess I played it in the summer. That's that's like I remember like we were playing through it like in the late summer. So that makes sense. I don't think it was summer, but you don't okay. Think so no. Okay. Okay. But Unless yeah, it was like we we should look back. We should look back in the old uh, internets. You talk um, about anyway, the vinyl. So, I will look back. Yeah. So that uh, that vinyl, it's got some really cool artwork. Um, the discs are like, uh, I guess they would be splatter, like purple and red splatter discs. Um, they've got some really like unique, uh, like it's a gatefold. So like if you unfold it, it's got like this really cool thing. Uh, it's like an image of the, uh, the police in the game that, uh, you battle with. And then each, uh, disc comes inside its own, a custom design sleeve. So it's uh it's on uh, fangamer.com. 
the Katana Zero vinyl soundtrack. They have a lot of other things. Um, I didn't pick anything else up. They have some pins. They have some a T-shirt, a slip mat. Um, but this was the the coolest thing out of all of them. Yeah, I love some of the uh, some of the designs. Like the some of the sleeves have like the uh, like some stairways because that game is all about like you know traveling up and down like these different levels and things. And it's like a like like an Escher style staircase situation going on. Um, and uh, yeah, just very very cool art on those as well. Um, Chris, I went back in time. I gazed into the crystal ball that is my phone, and I found that we did the Katana Zero review on episode 425 oh. on July 29th. Oh, it was the summer. Dang. Crazy. That does not seem like that was summer. See, I initially, whenever we, whenever we talked, I thought it was earlier than that. So, like, we were both wrong. Like, we basically take what we thought and put it right in the middle. And that's whenever we actually did it. So, you know, it averages out, Chris. Craziness, dude. <laughs> uh, but that's my pick of the week. My pick of the week is the Katana Zero soundtrack on Fangamer.com. And your pick of the week? The Star Wars Rebels, the art of the animated series. All right, John, it's time to get to the main topic, which is where I wanted to get to uh, this whole time. Dude, it, um, is, it is a big topic. Yeah, so... Uh, Microsoft has the intention to buy um, Activision Blizzard. The deal won't go through. It's a 20, 29, $28 billion deal. It's not going to go through until... 28.7, Chris. So almost 29. No, sorry, sorry uh, not 29. Sorry. Sorry, it was uh, 60. 68.7 billion. Oh, 68, not 28? Yeah, it's what? not 28. No, it's 68, Chris. All right, strike that from the record. And <laughs> it's struck. It's struck. Go, yeah, it's, it's been stricken. All right. It's a 68, almost $69 billion deal, and uh, it won't go through until probably early next year, and until then, Activision kind of, you know, coasts and does keeps, keeps doing their thing, but um, I am most interested in uh, what, what this does for the gaming landscape, for Microsoft, um, and we can just kind of talk about this, uh, the... the craziest thing to me is that this immediately um like changes the the employee count for xbox like right now i think they hang on, hang on i have a graphic um there's been a uh, a lot of people tweeting about this but there's been a, an account that i uh, have been following um on twitter it's Clobril. I've been doing a lot of cool like stuff about this the, apparently it's an account that's dedicated just to xbox Studios, first-party studios. Um, so Xbox Game Studios, which includes like, uh, I'll go through it right right now. Uh, includes three four three, Compulsion Games, uh, Double Fine, In Exile, Mojang, Mojang, uh, Ninja Theory, Obsidian, Playground Games, Rare, The Coalition, Perfect. Uh, yeah, mm, nope, not Perfect Dark. That's the game. Uh, the Initiative, um, Turn Ten, Undead Labs, World's Edge, and Xbox Game Studios. Uh, it is 2,500 people. Then Bethesda, who they bought, what, like last year around this time? Uh, yes, for $7 billion. For seven. Yes, yeah, so they have uh, id, Tango Gameworks, Machine Games, Arcane Studios, Zenimax Online, and uh, Roundhouse and Alpha Dog. They have 2,300. So that's around uh, 5,000-ish employees. And then Activision Blizzard with uh, Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games, 
High Moon, Toys for Bob, uh, Binox, Digital Legends, Raven, Demonware, and King. They have 10,000 employees, John. Mm-hmm. So this like tilts the, the, the employee balance over to uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, when this deal happens... Um, there's a promotion for Phil Spencer. He's going to um, become the, I think right now he's like the head of Xbox. He's going to become the CEO of Xbox um, over at, uh, at Microsoft. And so I guess like they're, 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 uh, they're expecting big things from this, John. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. Cause the, so let me, let, we should probably like go ahead and like read the blog post about it probably. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so let me see. Let me find that real quick. I, I okay, yeah. I'll talk it about it for a second while you're, while you're looking for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so it has, again, like things at um, Activision will kind of stay the same until, uh, until next year. Um, right now, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of turmoil with a lot of like um, sexual harassment, like things that have happened over there that they've got lawsuits for the workers are looking to unionize it's just like it's not a not a great like time over there and and a large like part of it was bobby kodak i mean he's um covered up things and he's like impersonated other board members yeah like it's i mean it's not you know not some not some very not cool things and so um, they shredded a bunch of documents before the uh, state of california could come and seize them Talking behind the scenes, like people have said, like so part of the deal is, I mean, Bobby Kodak is going to remain there in the interim for the next year or so. But uh, when the deal is finalized, he will step down as CEO um, because you don't need two CEOs. He'll step down as CEO, and um, everything will be consolidated under Microsoft. And that was part of the the uh, the issue they said that they looked at. You know, um, Phil Spencer was was doing an interview and said that he, you know, like one of the conditions of this purchase was that they had to be a, they uh, had to um, be really confident that the changes that they're implementing will um, stop this kind of stuff from happening mm-hmm. and that the lawsuits, um, like, in the meantime, are going to be handled by Activision Blizzard. Um, they will have to take uh, responsibility for them as Microsoft if they, uh, if they don't get settled before the purchase and acquisition. Yeah. You find the blog? Yeah, so the blog post, this is written uh, from Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming. So that's the that's the new title is CEO Microsoft Gaming. Um, so it says the title of the, the blog post is Welcoming the Incredible Teams of Legendary Franchises and Legendary Franchises of Activision Blizzard to Microsoft Gaming. Creators of Call of Duty, Warcraft, Candy Crush, Tony Hawk, Diablo, Overwatch, Spyro... Hearthstone, Guitar Hero, Crash Bandicoot, StarCraft, and more join Team Xbox. As a team, we are on a mission to extend the joy and community of gaming to everyone on the planet. We all know that gaming is the most vibrant and dynamic form of entertainment worldwide, and we've experienced the power of social connection and friendship that gaming makes possible. As we pursue that mission, it is incredibly exciting to announce that Microsoft has agreed to acquire Activision Blizzard. Over many decades, the studios and teams that make up Activision Blizzard have earned vast wellsprings of joy and respect from billions of people around the world, 
Uh, we are incredibly excited to have the chance to work with the amazing, talented, dedicated people across Activision, Publishing, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch, and every team across Activision Blizzard. Until this transaction closes, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft Gaming will continue to operate independently. Once the deal is complete, the Activision Blizzard business will report to me as CEO, Microsoft Gaming. Uh, upon close, we will offer as many Activision Blizzard games as we can through Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass, both new titles and games from Activision's Blizzard's incredible catalog. We also announced today that Game Pass now has more than 25 million subscribers. As always, we look forward to continuing to add more value and more great games to Game Pass. The fantastic franchises across Activision Blizzard will also accelerate our plans for cloud gaming, allowing more people in more places around the world to participate in the Xbox community using phones, tablets, laptops, and other devices you already own. Activision Blizzard games are enjoyed on a variety of platforms, and we plan to continue to support those communities moving forward. As a company, Microsoft is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming, among both employees and players. We deeply value individual studio cultures. We also believe that creative success and autonomy go hand in hand with treating every person with dignity and respect. We hold all teams and all leaders to this commitment. We're looking forward to extending our culture of proactive inclusion to the great teams across Activision Blizzard. Around the world, there's no more exciting venue for fun and connection than video games, and there's never been a better time to play than right now. As we extend the joy and community of gaming to everyone, we look forward to welcoming all of our friends at Activision Blizzard to Microsoft Gaming. Phil Spencer, CEO, Microsoft Gaming. It's amazing. Yeah, so like in, in that blog post, he kind of makes it clear where he's like, you know, this is, uh, yeah, the, you know, all that stuff that's been going on over there we're putting in a stop to it or we're going to try, you know? And it's like, yeah. there's a, there's a lot to that. You know, there's a lot, a lot of, like, that's kind of like a, uh, a dangerous position to like, to put yourself in. It's like, there's, there's, you know, risk reward situation happening here. You know, like you said, like if, if, if it doesn't get solved, uh, before the transition happens, um, then Microsoft is, has to like, has to you know, bear all of that. So, yeah, I mean, so, I think that's a that's a huge part of the the risk for it, and it's a large part of like the pro f pros for the employees there. Yeah. The uh, I think it's it's interesting, you know, like I think without that kind of like trouble, I don't I don't believe that this would have been possible or that they would have been looking to uh, to sell to anyone. Right. Um, but so whenever over, you over on uh, on Twitter, there was a Daniel Ahmad who's like a, 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 a industry analyst, and he was saying that basically, uh, whenever all of the controversy started uh, to become public in 2021, their stock price had like dipped a lot. So they started their uh, the the year evaluated at a uh, hundred billion dollars as their market cap, and then now, as of today, their market cap is fifty billion dollars. So, like, like their the stock value of their company had like dropped in half. And so, like, if you view this from like, 
the 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 previous number like microsoft is getting a real good deal buying this thing for 70 you know almost almost 70 billion like it's you know six sixty uh eight point seven billion dollars like they're getting a, a pretty big discount based on the peak price of uh of of activision blizzard but you know they're paying more than they're worth as of you know this exact day or what what stakeholders uh stockholders valued them at today so it's just fascinating man I, yeah you're right i don't think this would have happened um without the controversy and without the like the the major um hit uh, as far as like the revenue goes for activision yeah and you know and and the thing is i mean the stock price doesn't necessarily determine that those two things are kind of unrelated they don't doesn't determine the purchase price necessarily um it's just like what the publicly traded portion of it is valued at right we can jump into that but before we do like what i wanted to say was um like with that's that's the reason for all of this but i think like microsoft like what this does is it gives them a uh, a wide portfolio of game, not only studios, uh, but then franchises and IP that, mm-hmm. like, honestly, I mean, Activision has just been letting sit there because they've been focused on we need blockbusters, we need hits, mm. we need we need Call of Duty over and over and over again, which, I mean, I'm all for. Like, I'm not against that. Like, I love Call of Duty. Um, and honestly, uh, th- that kind of approach has hurt i think studios like blizzard where like they don't churn out like call of duty kind of numbers and so you look at like the the franchises that activision has basically put out to pasture over the years uh you know crash bandicoot um guitar hero uh even until last year you know the the tony hawk franchise Mm -hmm. um and uh starcraft uh they they've canceled that game i think what uh, you know, leave the last year or the year before. They were working on another one, but they canceled it. And um, World of Warcraft has kind of been hit or miss recently with either the updates, and then they went through a t- period where they were, you know, banning all the uh, the old um, mm. modded versions, and you could only like work off of the the current current world. And the, uh, it's 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 uh, hopeful to me, like that Microsoft's. They're not in that game. They haven't been in that blockbuster game for a long t- time. I don't. I don't think that they're not going to make another Call of Duty. Like that's not. I think they'll continue to make Call of Duties. Um, Chris, you just said Call of Duty is canceled. No, no, no. I didn't. I. Th- but I think that they will. They will hopefully like revive a lot of these games. That yeah, maybe they weren't wouldn't be blockbusters, but they're great for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. There's something that people will stick around for on Game Pass. A, yeah. a, a new Crash Bandicoot or even a Guitar Hero. If you, I could, I still have my old Guitar Hero stuff. If I could like pull those out of the closet, or they sell me new ones, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> which is probably what's going to happen. Most um, likely. I mean, yeah. dude, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to to basically put put forward the money for plastic things anymore. Like because because what ends up happening is like they 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 die on the the shelf at a GameStop somewhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, they but, can't, you, know, like, they, you can't subscribe to Guitar Hero Instruments on Game Pass. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but I can see them bringing stuff like that back, you know, like just yeah. because they need, you know, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to put stuff like that on, on, the, on the platform. I, I'm not, I still, I don't think that they're going to be one of these companies. Like they're, I don't think they're going to, uh, you look at what they did with uh, Minecraft. They didn't take Minecraft off of every platform. In fact, they expanded how many platforms it was on. I honestly think they're going to take that approach 
with Call of Duty. It doesn't really make sense to make Call of Duty an exclusive unless you just want to like you know throw your muscle around and be like hey guys you know you got to come over here like if but like Phil Spencer even today I think mm-hmm. you know I was reading an interview he's like we're not in the like when when we basically switched hang on let me see if I can find it he was talking about how they switched from um, being a a hardware company there only to sell their console mm-hmm. and switch to more of more of a uh, services company in the same way that like Amazon is a digital like storefront. He's like, this is how we compete with them. We 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 had realized we, we if we were just going to be a hardware company, that wasn't going to do it. But we're like a services company. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, find that. and that's the thing about this this type of a purchase. Like, I I I'm with you that I think in the short term, Call of Duty, like the next few Call of Duties, probably not going to go. Um, to an exclusive but i do think like i do think that that like there might be a case to be made for the campaigns being a um exclusive thing um where exclusive to game pass where potentially like oh we're gonna you know you get the multiplayer suite and obviously have Warzone, like all of that will stick around because that's like basically like a games as service like call of duty has always been like you basically pay $60 a year uh, to get new maps, you know? And then obviously if you want to do the DLC as throughout the year, like you pay more than that, but you know, you, you, it's, it's a, it's a subscription service in everything but name. If you are a call of duty player and you can like opt out of that subscription and by not buying the latest title or not buying the DLC, but you're going to not be able to, you're not, you're not going to have the same level of like, Oh, updates and community or like whatever. Cause everybody basically moves on whenever the new call of duty comes out. Um, so I feel like that, yeah, that'll stick around like for all the communities that have had it, but I mean, potentially they, like yeah. a, a, a story, uh, like a single player call of duty campaign, um, would be ideal for like a game pass or something like that. Well, and they still, then, you know, like I think, I don't, I just don't think that they need to make any of it exclusive mm. because they still hold an advantage in that if you are subscribed to game pass, it's essentially free. Like sure. uh, for the price of two games a year if you pay full price, which I don't know how many people actually do, if you pay full price for Game Pass yeah. uh, and play more than two games, you've already paid for your subscription. Sure. And you're telling me every single Call of Duty is going to be on there uh, moving forward? Like, that's mind-boggling, dude. Like, that's sure. crazy stuff. Sure. Uh, you yeah, know, let, and- let me, there, there was a quote from Sony today. Just as, as a, an aside, I, I don't want to forget it. Um, where basically, the the person from Sony, the representative, said, "We expect that Microsoft will still honor all of their existing contracts with us, you know, in in the future." Like, because people had been asking, like Sony, "Hey, what's the, you know, <laughs> what do you think about this? What do you think about this?" And they're like, "Well, we expect that they'll keep their contracts with us because they do have like the exclusive DLC goes to Sony platforms first right now." Right. So. Right. Uh, so this is a quote. This is um, an article with, uh, from the Washington Post by Gene Park entitled uh, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer on reviving old Activision games as Microsoft positions itself as a tech gaming company. Um, he talks about uh, a lot of things. I'll reference this a couple times here. Um, but he, this is a quote. For us as a platform company, what we've been doing with Xbox and Windows for years is ask how do players... Oh, hang on. Wrong quote. That's one I'm going to go to uh, later. 
Um, I apologize. Here we go. I do. I think we do have a unique point of view in the gaming space, which is not about how everything has to run on a single device or platform. That's been the real turning point for us, looking at gaming as a consumer opportunity that could have similar impact on Microsoft that some of those other scale consumer businesses do for other big tech competitors. And it's been great to see the support we've had from the company and the board. Um, they were, uh, he said, he was talking about, um, uh, he's concerned in the gaming space. This is kind of like, this is like what I feel like is a really interesting point of view and, and reason for doing this. Uh, he and Microsoft slash Xbox are concerned about tech companies unfamiliar with the gaming industry barging into the space as opposed to the current experience competition against Nintendo and Sony. So he's talking about... Um, uh, Amazon, Google. A yeah, Apple, Google, Meta, Netflix, Tencent. Um, and he said, quote, they have a long history in video games. Oh, talking about uh, Nintendo and Sony. They have a long history in video games. Nintendo's not going to do anything that damages gaming in the long run because that's the business they're in. Sony is the same, and I trust them. Valve's the same way. When we look at the other big tech competitors for Microsoft. Google has Search and Chrome. Amazon has Shopping. Facebook has Social. All these large-scale consumer businesses. The discussion we've had internally where those things are important to those other tech companies for how many consumers they reach, gaming can be that for us. And that's when he went into, I think we do have a unique point of view, which is not how everything has to be run, run on a single device or platform. That's been the real turning point for us looking at gaming as a consumer opportunity that could have similar impact on Microsoft that some of those other scale consumer businesses do for other big tech competitors. So I think that's super interesting that yeah. there's almost like a philosophical um, reason for for doing this of mm -hmm. like, hey, we want to be one of the the protectors of the gaming space and not allow these like what he considers, I think, flash in the pan kind of prospector companies to invade the space and muddy it all up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, like, there's been a lot of, of the, over the last, I guess, probably four years, there's been a lot of, uh, of, of tech companies and just investors that don't, that clearly don't know the gaming landscape or gaming market trying to like get into it and to buy studios, buy companies. And so far we haven't really seen success. Like we haven't seen like great games come out of any of these things, mm -hmm. like out of, out of Google Stadia or out of yeah. uh, Amazon Luna. Like there haven't been great games come out of those studios because like they, they just like buy a studio or an indie studio and then they're just off the market for everybody else. And it's like, okay, well that's frustrating. And, and you know, haven't, we haven't seen really good games come from that. So yeah, I, I kind of agree. I do think that this is a situation where if anybody else, if any other company, even if it was Nintendo, even if it was uh, Sony um, bought Activision, we would be a little bit concerned. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I, I would be. I would be like, "Oh, this is not good. This doesn't yeah. feel like this is going to be good." But because it's you know Microsoft, and with with specifically with like Phil Spencer at its the helm, and the team behind him, like you know Sarah Bond and and uh, and all those those people, like the 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 graphic of you know that they released the other day of like all these people are you know doing the things with Xbox. Um, and like those people being in charge, it's like okay, great. This is going to be good. I'm I'm fine with this. But yeah. like again, if it was any other company, 
um, even a, even another gaming company, like if it was Sony, I would be like, ooh, this, you know, ooh, I don't know about this. Because I think we said back whenever they bought Bethesda, if it was Sony that did this, we wouldn't even be having the discussion of whether or not this would be exclusive because the answer oh, would yeah, be totally. absolutely no question about it. Every game moving forward is exclusive. And, yeah. you know, with, with Microsoft, it's like, okay, new IP, those are going to be exclusive. Potentially some of the old IP are going to be exclusive. But, you know, there's there's more of a chance of it being um, not not on Xbox exclusively with Microsoft at the helm than with any of these other companies. So, yeah. um, just yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. And uh, I mean, you can look at uh, and point to things like MLB The Show, which is PlayStation developed this on Xbox. But like, you have to look at the behind the scenes of why that happened. Is because MLB was not going to unless they made that multi platform, they weren't going to. Uh, renew the license with PlayStation. Right. Because because they they realize, hey, we are worth more than what you're currently uh you're currently paying for us and we want to reach a broader base of consumers. Um yeah. And I think like, like Sony is slowly coming around because we just had God of War come out. God of War 2018, so it came out originally in 2018. Now it's on PC. We had Horizon which, come which out they've on been PC. Doing that, yeah, they've been doing that for a hot second. You know, but they're PC. older games. They're not like they're not yeah. like day and date games. I I you know, I think that they will eventually get to the point where that that will if they don't choose to make it happen, it will like something will force their hand um, yeah. to to make those things day and date PC. I think they're gonna have everyone's gonna have to adopt this like eventually. Like we're I mean Microsoft like it's it's kind of crazy honestly. Like a lot of times the companies that are like huge innovators in a space, you know, something like an Apple when they first started inno- uh, innovating, they weren't the big dog in in the mobile phones like space or even like right. the computer space. Like they they. Uh, they were the underdog that like changed the game. It's very rare that you have something, someone like a, a Microsoft um, who is like on the cutting edge of changing the, the landscape of an entire industry. And honestly, like you said, like Microsoft, if it was in any other company, like if it was any other, <laughs> anyone other than Phil Spencer, dude, yeah. like if this was oh, Microsoft yeah. before Phil Spencer was installed, I'd be worried. Oh, sure, dude. I mean, if it was like, uh, you know, Balmer, like, man, I would, I, it'd yeah. be like, oh no, this is, this, as this much is as gonna... I love Steve Balmer. Yeah. Um, We're gonna, yeah, like, but, you're going to close half these studios in a few years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I really, you know, you look at people like a Steve Jobs or a John Lasseter and you, you, you're like, okay, the visionaries, you know, of their respective spaces. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I put Phil Spencer straight up there with guys like that. Yeah. Um, in, in the, the, the way that he looks at gaming and views gaming and like mm-hmm. is, and I mean, views, using it like, like he, the, it's interesting. Cause like doing like dives into like interviews. Like I haven't heard an interview or a, a, an article like with him, like it's been like a deeper dive that I haven't come away with being like, man, dude is, dude is on another level. Like I, 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 there are things that I haven't even thought about that he like has blown my mind with here. Right. And that's like every time and stuff that's like not necessarily just business. It's, it's about like, uh, his, his talks about inclusiveness and accessibility and, uh, and, and, and diversity within the gaming space. Um, he's just a very community minded focus. And in the way that he talks about that is just incredibly mind, mind blowing to me. Like, it's like, oh man, this is like, this is great stuff. 
stuff. I mean, and so it, that's part of the reason why, like, it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm okay with this because he's there. But like, well, yeah, you know, he's he's the like, and he's the ultimate like pro consumer advocate, and that's yeah. like ultimately what you want in a company that you love, and that. Like I mean, the whole backwards compatible initiative. Yeah. Like there was n zero reason to do that, except for the fact that, and, like, and they don't like. Uh, there, there's probably an ROI on like of people who. I mean, I think there's a sale on the store right now where it's like, hey, uh, backwards compatible last gen games are on sale right now sure. on uh, Xbox. And I'm sure they make like more money now on them. But when they first started that initiative, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, like, it was literally, not... they didn't think it was possible. And so they were just like a whole team of people over at Xbox were just sinking their like days into trying to make this work. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I look at like something like uh, Nintendo. And I was literally looking the other day. I have like a friend who has um, a Wii. And I was like, I wonder if we could get uh, Mario, one of the Wii Mario Party games. And they're like $100. Mm-hmm used yep. because uh they're all on a disc and you can't buy like that old game like on current systems or anything like that oh, and i'm like man. this is insane Dude, of all the companies like i love nintendo whenever they choose to to honor a, a franchise and be like okay this is the one that we've chosen this year to to like do right and like they release you know the the like great version of it or whatever it's awesome but they never do that like they only do it like once every couple of years they'll release something from the past and be like this we're so proud of this achievement and you're like just release all of it please <laughs> i want to play all of it yeah and i don't i don't say all this just you know just, just to sit here and bash like sony and nintendo but like just to double down on on the point yeah. of like dude microsoft is someone like i, tr I actually trust them xbox specifically I trust them with an acquisition like this, that it's not going to go off the rails and that they're going to do the most pro gaming thing that they can in order yeah. to uh, 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 make the have the most impact on the gaming landscape. Um, I think yeah. there will definitely be some exclusives. Like, I it kind of, oh, yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense that there wouldn't be. Um, but I don't have like the fear that they're going to take these gigantic, like, I don't think they're going to make World of Warcraft a console. Uh, only game and that you can't can't play on Dude, you know pc or something like that if, if they just bring that to console oh like, yeah they would be like that would be such a good win which uh, i mean bro, they already have like what 100 something million active players right now it's waned a little bit this year and like the last i think that's, years, I, I think i saw that number i think i literally saw that number today so it's that's the waned million. number you're telling me that that's the low yeah. number yes active <laughs> you see i might be in this article i was re reading earlier <laughs> gosh but it's, yeah, it was a hundred over a hundred million active uh, players in that, that is game. Absurd. <laughs> I know. Yeah, if they just brought that to console, which it is possible, you know, it's just, it would be complicated, but it's possible to bring that to console. Um, something you mentioned earlier, I wanted to like circle. One hundred sixteen million active players. Dude, that's so, that's ridiculous. That's and that's like that's having dropped a lot of uh, players over the last year. That's amazing. Um, Seamus Blackley, who like was around whenever the original Xbox, the very first Xbox with the Duke controller or whatever came out. And he was, uh, he was one of the, like the, the masterminds behind that, uh, product, um, tweeted out. He said, it's terrifically, incredibly head meltingly weird to see little baby Xbox eat up Activision. Uh, some still at Activision will recall a young Seamus, that's him, uh, showing up claiming things about a new game console only to be essentially mocked. I wonder if they remember that today. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. So, like, you know. I have to correct myself. Uh, so, I, I just dug in a little bit more. They were saying cumulative, so it's only 
it's five million active players. Gotcha, now. gotcha. I mean, that makes sense. I, like I said, I think it's 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 waned over the last like year or two because like yeah, they yeah, basically yeah. let the content kind of go a little bit dry on World of Warcraft um, because largely because of the mismanagement of the company um, because lots of leadership leaving, lots of lots of people being upset about you know Bobby Kotick and then they'll they're leaving and strikes happening. Like there's a lot of things that are just have have happened with that company over the last however long. Um, that games have gotten delayed. So, like, Overwatch 2 was supposed to come out in 2021. It was delayed to 2022 because, though, like, they had a huge, like, that specific studio had a huge, like, uh, scandal of, 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 you know, with along with all of the things that were happening, and a lot of people left. So, like, it's just, like, there's a lot of things that have, have happened over the last however long to, like, you know, drop players and stuff. Now, hopefully... There is light at the end of the tunnel for all those uh, employees and workers and, and IP and players that love those franchises. Um, hopefully, this will be uh, this will be a good thing because, you know, this there it's 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 uh, I I I think it was like uh, on on podcast unlocked. I think it was uh, it was Ryan McCaffrey who mentioned like this is essentially like you know Avengers where like any other person would have been Thanos to do the snap. He's like, but you want. Phil Spencer as, you know, yeah. Iron Man to do the snap. Like that's, you know, that's the that's what it just feels like here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Agreed. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm excited like um because I, a again, I'm excited because I don't think anything negative really is going to happen to the gaming space. I think this is going to be a pro gaming move, especially for uh, someone who has um, who likes both Sony and Microsoft and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a preference for Microsoft, but um, I don't. I don't fear that they're going to. I think that they're going to keep the the games that are on platforms right now, and then we're, they're going to revive old franchises that mm-hmm. um, that Activision never would, just because they need everything. They needed everything to be a a blockbuster. Um, I think Bobby Kotick uh, in an interview um, that I read earlier this week, he was talking about how. Increasingly, Activision was finding it hard to compete against other companies um, in the gaming space outside of basically those big blockbusters. Um, mm. And so, so if if everything has to be a billion dollar franchise, you don't put money into right. things that aren't. And so, right. yeah, it's like, man, that's that's just a that's that's not a good way to <laughs> to do business, really. <laughs> no, and we've talked about you know a lot on the show about like the that the middle tier of games has kind of fallen out of the entire industry. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's coming back uh, because of things that like uh, Microsoft is doing and like focus on indie studios and as indie studios are like actually putting out bigger and bigger kind of games yeah, um, and and it's fascinating. Like along those lines, like the the tools that uh, uh, that people have to work with um, are also getting better and better. Like uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits or Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I don't know how you say it. Um, I can't remember how they say it in the game. Um, that is an indie studio, but it's like it runs on on uh, I think Unreal, and it dude, it is gorgeous. And it's like my goodness, this is uh, you know, this is this is the future of uh, of of the way that indie games can can be. Um, it's just cool, you know. So. But yeah, you're right. I think that that we've seen some return to those middle tier games coming back. Like even we talked about, uh, you know, the the what was the game we talked about a couple weeks ago? We reviewed it uh, from the Steam World Dig d- uh, developers. Oh, oh the, the 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 the, I, the grunge the goop the, or something yeah. like that. The, <laughs> whatever it's called. The sludge. The I don't. Yeah, know. I don't. Uh, what, what was the word? The gunk. That's what it is. The gunk. Yes. 
Good grief. <laughs> um, anyway, the gunk feels a little like, okay, this is like indie, but a little like upper tier, middle tier. Like it's, it's like the bottom of the middle tier. I don't know. You know, I don't know how to, you know, that, that, that is kind of filling in that space. So yeah, you're right. We've seen it slightly return a little bit, but, um, it has still, we haven't, we don't have the like Tony Hawks as much anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we haven't, we haven't explored with this? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, you know, I think the, the ramifications down the road of like how this is going to play out. We've talked about that. We've talked about like the situation that led to this. Um, there's this like pressure from, from uh, the workers being upset and the, at, at management. And then you also have like the pressure from the uh, like state of California, like suing them and that sort of thing to that led to this possibility of this sale in the first place. Um, you have Phil Spencer out there saying like, ah, oh, we're going to, you know, you're, you're basically in that blog post being like, Hey, we're going to change the culture or, or, or get rid of people. So, you know, and, yeah. and in fact, like the last thing I'll say is like Microsoft is, has done that in the past. Like whenever uh, the current CEO Satya Nadella came on board with Microsoft, there was a lot of things um, that they did to you know affect company culture of just Microsoft in general, um, not specific to any like branches or whatever, but like the 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 actual the, the whole Microsoft as a company. Um, and so you know I'm I'm fairly confident that they are going to be well equipped to handle all those things and make the make the the workplace much better for those workers so yeah all right well um that's and actually let people put out games chris the yes. blizzard hasn't put out a game in a long time <laughs> release the games <laughs> give us the games um i think they will and then we'll play them for free on game pass <laughs> well for a subscription fee you know something i'm already paying. Well, you know per- per- perception of free <laughs> free free no yeah no additional cost no free, additional which means, which cost means, which means free to me. <laughs> In parentheses, free. <laughs> yeah, like like Netflix, free. With an asterisk my, by it, you know, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week. Um, we'll see you next week. I don't know what we'll talk about, and maybe something crazy. Maybe Microsoft will buy someone else. In that yeah, maybe of time. maybe Microsoft will oh, buy. Well, like, oh, hang on. One thing we didn't talk about is this still has to be reviewed by like um, by the by the government. And like okayed, made sure this is not a monopoly. There's a lot of right. people like online being like, "This is a monopoly." I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't. It doesn't really seem like it, but like there's still plenty of people in the space um, mm-hmm. out there that are uh, able to make games. It's, it's not like well, and we've seen we've seen. So here's the deal. Like obviously the like the you know it's kind of people just people don't want there to be tech monopolies, right? So like you know in general, like you know it's kind of a kind of a universal push to like not have these big tech monopolies or or to, to kind of like break them up or give them, you know, rules or whatever these days. And that's, that's great. But we've also had like Disney buying like everything. And so it's like, if that wasn't a monopoly, I don't personally see how this could be. Um, because you know, if, with, with Disney owning so many things within that entertainment space, that's, pretty like puts a lot of pressure and it's pretty harmful to a lot of other studios uh film studios and so like this could put a lot of pressure and you know be kind of you know somewhat harmful to other publishers and things but it's no more harmful than disney is to the other studio film studios so like i just i don't i don't think it will not be approved Agreed. um 
but yeah, it is, it is a possibility. That is always a concern on everyone's minds. <laughs> yeah. All right, now it's actually, this is the end of the show. Uh, you can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com, on social at chriswright250. And johnwright777. And at stayontargetpod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.